Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message, the gospel lesson read earlier, the account given to us of Jesus healing the ten lepers. Well, there's a monastery in, in England that had a beautiful sanctuary, and above the door that entered the sanctuary, it says, Enter here, a pharmacy for the soul. I thought that was a, a great idea, a picture of what church and worship is. And it came to mind as I was preparing for the sermon, because when you look at the account of this miracle, we see the action, especially of the leper. We're reminded of the action that takes place within worship. The way that Luke describes the event, the action of the leper, reminds us of the very things that we do and are doing this morning. And how appropriate for us on this day of Thanksgiving to come to the place that is indeed the pharmacy of the soul, the place where there is healing and the places that are cleansing. And that's going to be our focus. We're going to go back over the gospel lesson and to see, again, how it is that our Lord comes to you today and brings you healing and brings you cleansing. So we start the gospel lesson. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing through between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. And so again, Jesus is going to Jerusalem. Luke reminds us throughout his gospel that Jesus is coming for a specific purpose to suffer and to die. And on the journey through to Jerusalem, he goes through Samaria and Galilee. This sets the stage for what's going to happen with this group of men who meet Jesus. But again, Jesus is clear that these men have been stricken with leprosy. Leprosy is a disease, right? A, a skin disease, a disease that is very contagious. And so they had to live off by themselves in their own colony, if you will, their own little village, so that they didn't contaminate anybody. Please understand, when it talks about leprosy in the scriptures at that day, it wasn't just a physical disease. They were not just seen as sick. They were seen as unclean. They were seen as those who needed not only to be removed because of their physical disease, but ostracized because of their spiritual disease. They were considered ones who had been stricken by God in judgment to drive them away from the group. And so they were not just seen as sick. They were seen as unclean and looked down upon. And so, as we think about that, Jesus coming to that village, and they, them, have Jesus coming in their midst. And they are sick and in need. Well, today, you come into this church, and the Lord is present. He is coming here. How are you coming today? Are you coming as sick? Well, you might have some physical ailments. You might have some bruises, some injuries. But we all come sick with a sick soul. We are all sick. We are, if you will, like the lepers, unclean. We fail to live as God has intended. We can't even live the way that we intend at times. How is it that we can possibly live as God has intended? We are sick and in need of healing. So we continue on with the text. And they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy upon us. Isn't it interesting? They don't say, Jesus, Master, heal us. They say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They recognize that their problem in life is more than just the illness that strikes their skin. They recognize within themselves that they are in need of God's mercy. They deserve nothing from the Lord. They, they see him coming, and they've heard about him. Word of Jesus has spread throughout the region. Luke is very clear about that. He has done miracles, he's driven out demons, and he's done it for people who are undeserving. They've heard of his mercy, and they've heard of his grace. And so when they see Jesus coming, they keep their distance properly, but they cry out. 
hoping that this Lord would show them mercy, even though they don't deserve it. And so we come today. We come here and worship, and how do we come? High and mighty and proud of ourselves, or do we come in great humility? Recognizing that we're coming into the presence of God, and we absolutely deserve nothing from do we not approach in humility? Are we not really, in the eyes of the world, or in the eyes of ourselves, in the eyes of God, beggars? What is it that you deserve from God? What have you done to deserve God's favor? What about you makes you special before the God that he should grant you anything? We are reminded that we have nothing to offer, nothing to bring. We're just coming to the Lord because we know that this Lord is gracious and he's merciful. That he acts not on what we deserve, but he acts upon his love and his grace to us. And because we know that, and because we know of our unworthiness, we cry out, Lord, have mercy. That's why it's embedded in our, our liturgy. The, the idea that, that we're calling upon the Lord for mercy, because we know who he is. He is a God of grace and a God of love and gives to those who are undeserving. So we continue. When he saw them, he said to, go, said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. The command to show themselves to the priests is following the law. It was the priests who would diagnose and recognize the sin of leprosy and would say that this man or this woman has to be removed from the community. And if they ever hoped to get back into the community, it would be the priest who would recognize that they had been healed. It was only under his authority that they would be able to join back into the community. And so in telling them to go to show themselves to the priest, he has given them hope that they may indeed be able to go back to their families, go back to the friends. And you can imagine the joy and the excitement, especially as they realize as they're going along that they're healed. Could you imagine the things running through their mind, the things that they had missed, the things that they had treasured, the things that they could not be part of, and now they could be restored, now that they could rejoin, now they could be part of once again. They were healed. But not only were they healed, again, notice the word, they were cleansed. Remember, they had not asked for healing, they had asked for mercy. Luke is very clear in telling us they had received mercy. More than just being healed, they had been cleansed by the one and the only one who could cleanse them what great joy they must have had as they went on to the priest. And again, as you come this morning, as you cry to the Lord for mercy, that's what the Lord shows you. That's what the Lord brings and gives to you today. I had the privilege of announcing to you that, that your sins are forgiven. That the joy that we gather on this Thanksgiving is to be reminded that we have a Lord that loves us, a Lord that loves you. He died for you. He rose for you. He has earned cleansing for you. He has earned forgiveness for you. And in his word, you are cleansed. You are made whole. You are forgiven. What joy this is. A gift that we have been given. That we are forgiven. But now we come to the highlight, right? When we get to verse 19. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and praising God with a loud voice, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. One returns. One, as he's going along, recognizes the cleansing. What makes him turn around? What makes him return? Is it not a recognition of the grace and mercy that he had received? 
As a Samaritan, he was ostracized. As a leper, he was thrown out of his community. In every way, he was removed, and he deserves nothing. He, amongst all, truly understood what it meant to receive the grace of God. He recognized that he deserved nothing from the Lord, and when he saw what he had been given, when he realized that his plea, his cry for mercy had been answered, he couldn't continue running away. He had to turn back. Isn't that what draws him back to the Lord? Isn't this what brings him to his knees? Isn't this what puts him at Jesus' feet? This wonderful, awful, or wonderful, powerful, emotional thanksgiving to God in response to the recognizing the blessings. But, but notice that there is no thanksgiving without first recognizing the grace and the mercy of God. He recognizes the grace that God has given him, and it brings him to Jesus with full thanksgiving. And isn't that why you're here today? You could be a lot of different places on Thanksgiving morning, especially at 9 a.m. The bed would still be warm. There's lots of things you could do this morning. What is it that brings you here? Is it not a recognition of God's grace, of God's mercy? Today is the day, nationally, that we take stock in, in all the blessings that we have received. And boy, as you think about your life, in the gifts that God has given you, as you take stock of all that you have, with your family, with your friends, with your possessions, but most of all, the forgiveness and the grace of God, how can you not be thankful? How can you not rejoice? And where can you go to express that thanksgiving? Where can you go to express that joy? There's no other place to turn. It's the presence of God. That's why we are here. We are here to offer our thanks and praise. And we're driven here because we know what God has given us. We know the mercy and the grace of God. That draws us here so that we can offer our thanks and praise together. And the beauty of this is we can do this even if not everything in our life is as we want it to be. Because even when things are not quite the way we want them to be, we still know the Lord's love and His grace to us can still count the blessings that God has given us. We're still drawn to his love and his grace. And so we are here. And then the final section. Then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? He said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. I always thought this part was interesting. Because I don't think he's speaking just to the, the Samaritan, right? Whenever we think about Jesus and his walk and his teaching, there's always a crowd around, right? Aren't these words said for the crowd? Because here he has a Samaritan, and many in the crowd would look down upon him, reject him, would turn him away. He was a leper, twice removed, twice judged, twice looked down upon. And he wants to, for the crowd to recognize the reason that this man is back is because he has faith. It is faith that in this man that recognized the mercy of God, the grace of God. And he sets up a contrast that those other nines who were probably Jews who, who failed to recognize the mercy and grace of God. And isn't it a statement to those around to take time for them to be like the Samaritan? Isn't he putting forward as an example that, that we are to take time to, to stock, stock all God's blessings and respond with mercy and, with, and his mercy and grace and offer him thanks and praise? And, and that's why we are here. And as I said earlier, the only way you can recognize the mercy of God is by faith. 
Because if you don't recognize God and His grace, if you don't believe is the one, He is the one who suffered, died, and risen, if you don't believe He's the one that's provided, who else do you offer? Who do you have to offer thanks to? But when you recognize the God who created all things, the God who sent His Son to suffer and die, the God who died and raised Him from the dead, is the one who's shown mercy to us. We're able to thank and praise the Lord who loves us. It's again the faith that through faith that we realize what we have received. And so it's by faith we receive all God's good gifts. In faith we receive His forgiveness, His life, His peace. It's through faith that you receive the physical gifts of life also today. It is faith that helps us recognize, or enables us to recognize, the grace and mercy of God which brings about thanksgiving. Again, the worship is indeed a pharmacy for the soul. Here we find the medicine that truly cleanses our souls, that brings us forgiveness, that brings us joy and peace in all circumstances. It's in this context, today we offer our thanks and praise and worship Him. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guide our hearts and minds through faith and our life everlasting. Amen.